The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So for this last talk on right effort, I would like to emphasize how incredibly important this topic is for anyone doing Buddhist practice. All the Buddhist practice could be summarized as the practice of discovering what right effort is. And, um, <clears throat> and, and kind of refining and maybe purifying effort so the effort is completely wholesome and has no attachments, no pressure, no resistance in it. There's a freedom, there's a ease, there's a peacefulness in the efforts we make. And finding that, <clears throat> uh, you know, the right effort, the right way, is in some ways a constant adjustment that we're making, finding our way. And over time it becomes second nature. Just like uh, riding a bicycle after a while becomes second nature, even though you have to swerve around this way and that way uh, and make different kinds of effort depending on the grade you're driving on <clears throat> or driving on a freeway in a car. Um, we might you know, kind of conventionally say we're going straight down a lane, but there's ever so small little movements left and right to the car that we're constantly making uh, adjustments for but doing it almost on automatic. So it's, so it's second nature, this, so the same way with the effort. But as we understand the difference between wholesome effort and unwholesome effort, wholesome mental states and unwholesome mental states, uh, to really be able to see those and see them for what they are, that the unwholesome drain us, the unwholesome diminish us or stress us or are painful, and the wholesome ones do the opposite. That's a powerful insight, powerful really to see that. And then to have confidence, and this is an important thing, real confidence, that it's not worthwhile to engage in things which are unwholesome, to engage in unwholesome ways. If we want to live our lives, don't make the effort that's unwholesome, that's debilitating, that's stressful to have confidence in the wholesome. And it's hard to find that confidence. In this kind of funny way, many of us have confidence in the unwholesome. Like that's how we'll be saved, that's how we'll take care of ourselves, that's how we fulfill our responsibilities. <clears throat> but in fact, it does the opposite. And to, as practice develops, we have more confidence in the wholesome. Or to say it maybe more, more kind of to the heart of it, and the confidence in the unwholesome withers away. And so we're not prioritizing it anymore. And we're left more with the wholesome. But also we can prioritize it as we value the wholesome, that we make space for it, we allow for it, we um, not willing to sacrifice it. We don't give it up for the unwholesome, for the stressful. Uh, so this idea that it's important to stay close to what's wholesome and beneficial uh, is part of this Buddhist practice. And what are some of these wholesome states that we stay close to? Some of it is just being mindful, staying present. 
Some of it is simple as um, uh, uh, being mindful and discerning and really connected to, to have wisdom operate. Some of it is to be non-reactive, to have a certain degree of calm, to be kind, to have compassion. Some of it might be to have a sense of uh, pleasure or delight or joy. That uh, in all the different 32 flavors of joy that can happen in practice, that we begin making room, we're available for this kind of sense of well-being that can uh, begin to be here. And as we feel the well-being, that's a reference point, a support, to highlight when we lose it because of the unwholesome. It's kind of a, it gives us the early warning sign, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to lose this. Don't hold on to the wholesome. Then we're doing something unwholesome, the holding on. So we're always looking, always kind of, you know, the wholesome way of investigating it's this very simple thing. What's, is it wholesome and is it unwholesome? Is it stressful or is it unstressful? Is it beneficial? Is it easeful? And any effort at all, including the effort to investigate that, the effort to be mindful, the effort to let go, the effort to stay with the wholesome, that effort has to be under the lens, the frame of reference of this right effort. It's a powerful protection for us that the very way in which we practice Buddhism is not going to be stressful for us, that it's not going to be detrimental to us. It's also a powerful way of, um, of discovering what freedom is. Because in the end, to be able to live the right effort with ease and choice and really stay close to that place where the effort itself is almost effortless or easy or it doesn't carry the weight and the the stress of conceit and self Uh, that is a kind of freedom that we have so in the Eightfold Path right effort is the sixth factor the seventh is mindfulness and how they're related is very important here in in the list that uh, once we understand right effort, then the mindfulness we develop and gets gets stronger, um, then can uh, gives us more information in order to practice right effort. So the heightened awareness of attention that we develop, we're more att- attentive to the subtleties in which right effort, wrong effort, operate within us. Also. But mindfulness itself, then, is protected by right effort. If we're, Usually we teach people mindfulness without teaching them right effort first. And then for some people, then the first long period of time in mind, doing practice is discovering how to be mindful in a useful way, in a healthy way, in a wholesome way. But if uh, we remember, if we're taught right effort first, and we really know what that is, then when we start doing mindfulness practice, we're looking at the mindfulness uh, efforts f- through the lens of right effort. Is how I'm practicing mindfulness right effort? Am I practicing with greed or with aversion? Am I straining? Am I pushing? Am I being assertive in a way that's not wholesome? Or am I engaged in a nice way? 
in a way that brings ease and peace and dedication to what I'm doing. So in the background of all this <clears throat> is um, that's a part and parcel of what the Buddha talked about uh, when he talked about each of the four steps, four, four kinds of right effort. He talked about generating desire. And, um, and here he's talking about wholesome desire. And as we go through and learn about this right effort, this is one of the gifts, the treasures, is to learn how desires can be wholesome, can be beneficial. No stress involved whatsoever in having a desire. No compulsion. That the desires themselves are beneficial for us. Human beings constantly have desires. Some of them are really unconscious and we don't really see we have the desire. We don't call it desire. You know, so, you know, I'm lifting up my arm to be a little bit more emphatic as I speak. There's a kind of desire to be emphatic, to make a stronger point, to desire to move my arm. That kind of is almost second nature, so I could do it without thinking about it and even without consciously intending it. But there's a desire. There's desires all the time. Human beings are kind of a stream of desires, if you look at it. As we become aware of these desires, aware that the choices we make, letting those desires flow out of the wholesome place. We're cultivating the wholesome. We're becoming the wholesome. We're transforming ourselves into being available to be filled with goodness, filled with the wholesome, the beneficial. And then this miracle happens that the desires we have come out of that wholesome place. And the desires no longer seem necessarily that they're my desires even, because the identification, the attribution of self to it gets in the way. But at the same time, we're tracking the desires to really know that they're wholesome, that they're beneficial. And we're tracking a little bit the impact they have on the world around us, so that it's beneficial for them as other people as well. So, um, um, to generate desire, to prevent the arising of unwholesome, to care for ourselves enough to live a careful life, to not carelessly live a life that the unwholesome begins to take over, to live a life that when the unwholesome, we recognize the unwholesome is in us, we have a careful, loving way that we try to put it down or abandon it or at least not believe in it and go along with it. That we value the wholesome, the helpful, the beneficial, and we make space for it, we're available for it, to recognize it and support it. And we arise, generate the desire to maintain it, to stay close to it, to not lose it easily once it's there. All of this generating desire done with ease, with non-attachment, non-clinging, non-resistance. The desire is that way, the effort is that way. And this is a great treasure, to find our way to this way. So I hope that uh, 
this has given you something to look at and consider and practice with. And, um, and for this weekend, um, you might want to see, maybe prepare for next Monday when, uh, next series, is, um, uh, I know this, maybe some of this teaching I'm saying might be difficult and challenging and you have questions about it or it just seems too much or something. But instead of dwelling on that, uh, see if for, it, you can kind of frame it and understand this, that it's inspiring for you that it uh, helps you feel more prepared for practice, more ready and receptive, more confident, uh, more inspired. Yes, this is a key. This is important. This is valuable. And that would be your homework for the next, uh, today and the next couple of days, is uh, to really reconsider, consider this topic of right effort to the point where you can have discover some degree of confidence and inspiration and and um, gives you the readiness and the being prepared for for something and uh, maybe you have a chance to talk to friends about this right effort thing and journal about it listen to these talks again read about it whatever whatever it does for you so thank you very much I appreciate it very much and to be with you at this turning of the year and we'll be together a few more days before the end. For those of you who are going on vacation and for others, um, I wanted to tell you for a while now, there's, uh, you know, we end, in November, IMC sent out an end of the year fundraising letter and some of you might not have received it. Uh, there's a link to it on the YouTube page for, this, for today just underneath the photograph, underneath the, the video. Um, and also on the What's New page for IMC, there's a fundraising letter I wrote. And um, if some of you are interested in supporting IMC, um, that would be very wonderful. And uh, so thank you all, and look forward to our next time. <laughs>